Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So let me, get, let me ask you guys this. Bo, early December, I think, was that stretch of hockey. Uh, Thanksgiving to like maybe early December or so, mid-December, when they kind of were struggling. Um heavily that's kind of what forced now Potra was away at the time but that's kind of that a stretch of poor play is what kind of maybe f- had had the, the the fans rooting for Merkulov to get called up and because he was playing well and eventually the Bruins did not because of the fans on Twitter but because you know he was playing well but they they recognized that the team needed a jump start um, it, was, what, it was specifically because of my column about it. That, <laughs> yeah. that they, they told me that. They were like, we weren't even thinking about it, and then we saw Scott write about it. This, yeah. this guy's ego has to be put in check at some point. <laughs> yeah, okay. Scott. Yes, Scott. Yes, Scott, he'll get humbled. He'll get humbled. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, obviously, they out of the All-Star break, they haven't played their best hockey. You sprinkle in a win over Vancouver, which is probably Vancouver's – egg for the season right so you can't you can't really hang your hat too much on that one either just because everybody ha- that was vancouver's version of, a, of an off night right um but will it take much more of this for the bruins to maybe just give a couple of guys uh, a look whether it's bring up johnny beecher back to the fourth line maybe it's bring up live seller merkulov like we've talked about just to kind of give it a give it a little bit of a change up um or or are they already at that point uh will they be at that point if they keep losing at all what do you guys what do you guys make of again I know Scott you mentioned you're getting towards a trade deadline and it's kind of the second half of the season you it's not really the time to be messing with your lineup you kind of want to find out who you are but this is all part of it in my opinion I still think that there's a lot of question marks bold question marks um in the bottom six and I think those are still spots up for grabs I, I you know Parker Watherspoon he had one glaring turnover against Washington that led to a big scoring chance but besides that you know, he for, he's just he's been good. Like he was given opportunity, and he's been good. Um, so, do you think the Bruins should just tinker with some some call ups here, give people some looks, or does it take a few more bad lo- bad losses or any losses at all? What do you guys think? It it might take one or two more, but you know it is worth noting. Jim Montgomery after the game said, "Will change or, or things will change." So. He already kind of, you know, threatened, and we don't know exactly what that change means. Is that he's just going to change his lineup, or you know, shift minutes around, or does that mean personnel? Someone's going getting sent down, someone's getting called up, whatever. 
it might be. Um, I, in the immediate short term, I give, you know, your main go-to lineup guys a chance to bounce back Tuesday in another big game against Tampa because they just did it. They had a bad game against Calgary. They bounced back emphatically against Vancouver. Now they shouldn't, there's no excuse for following that up with another bad game, but I give them the chance to pull themselves out of it. And then if it's, if it's not there against Tampa after an off day Sunday, you hope a good hard practice Monday. Yeah. Then you probably make changes and, and, you know, look at your options. Um, For Tuesday specifically though, like I more or less run it back because ultimately you know, whether it's Merkulov, Lysel, it's like those guys aren't going to turn around what happened Saturday. Like that has to be everyone else in the room kind of looking at themselves and being like, that's not happening again. Like we're better than that. Let's, let's go and show it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if there's another game like this on this, that there's still uh, what four games left on this homestand. So if there's yes. another game, if there's another game or two like this, then yeah, I think you probably do see someone called up so my uh my question scott my 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 reaction to that is and i don't disagree with what you're saying um here's my fear is that the bruins keep the same lineup for tampa and maybe they do bounce back out of pride right out of sheer pride and they have a strong performance my fear is that it just it does just that it it makes him feel better about what happened, but it doesn't maybe solve maybe some long term roster deficiencies that could be solved internally. So, and I and you're right, Lysel doesn't fix what happened. He's out if Lysel's dressed against the Capitals, same thing happens. Same with Mercury. It's it's a team wide failure. I just I look at a couple of places on the Bruins roster, and I look at. Jacob Lauko, and I look at Boquist, and I say to myself, those two guys in particular, could they be, would the Bruins be better off with a Lysel or Merkulov in a third line role over Lauko and a Johnny Beecher in on a fourth line role instead of a Boquist? Um, and my fear is that if they, if they dress the same lineup, as Washington and they bounce back and they win. My fear is that maybe it just kind of enables um, what might need to be fixed eventually. Anyway, that's my only fear with that. My fear is that none of those options are the right option. Like Mm. I I honestly, when you, when you list those options, I'm like, okay, yeah, those are your options, but (laughs) is that, is that good enough? Is that going to be good enough uh, in the playoffs? Like, that's the problem, and well, you need to figure that out now. So, to Brian, to your point, right? Yeah, try it out now and see and see right. what works better now. Right. Yeah, and, and and if none of that's the answer, then there's a trade deadline coming up March eighth, and that it, if you don't like those internal solutions, then that means it's time to go outside and get help. And yeah. it shouldn't. You shouldn't have to give up a, a first round pick or a top prospect to get a, a solid third or fourth liner. Although I will say, did you guys see? Frank Valley reported that basically like he would be surprised if Nick Dowd doesn't get a first rounder for Washington, which I'm like, yeah. Okay. Count, count me out. I mean, listen, I like Nick Dowd. He's, he's a, like a legitimate shutdown fourth line center, but 
I'm not giving up a first round pick. Like that, that's nuts. That, no. That, and I, I get he has another year of control, but still, that's. It seems like the the center market is already kind of just like. It's it's very out. drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very drunk. It's, it's drunk. Yeah. Um, the, the, the center market already uh, had an all day Super Bowl party. Yes. Bridget, your 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 fear helped kind of like actually illustrate mine better like it's it's that's exactly right like i i would fear that by not that if the bruins dress the same lineup they win that it delays like the process of seeing what else you have internally and then it and i i just think i think it's imperative for this bruins team to see what they have in the system before the trade deadline i just think because again they're 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 in cup mode and and i just don't see how i don't know i i've said it till i'm blue in the face that's how i feel about it um, I, I don't want this team to, Scott, to your point, I don't want them to give up a ton of stuff, but they do have to identify, like, do we have to give up anything at all? Like, could could do we have a, a middle six potential score that we're trying to get on the market? Do we have that in Lysel or, 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 uh, or Merkulov? We don't know because they don't give them a chance. And I don't know if they can get that chance if the Bruins just keep playing up and down, like, oh, we suck, oh, we we, we, we got it back. We suck. It's just whether they beat Tampa or not, like, I, I want to see – I want to see what they have in some of these guys just for a couple of games. I don't see what it hurts. I really don't. Um, I don't know where you guys yeah, no, want to go I, from here though. No, I, I'm with you. Like again, I I don't hate the idea of like calling up Anthony Richard and get him a game or two, but I don't think I need to see Anthony Richard for like a month, you know, like, like, or even Oscar Steen for that matter. So it's like, yeah, the, the, we've said it before. There's an opportunity to play guys and get guys in. And I know, there's different cap ramifications of calling guys up and down and whatever, but you do, you do have a chance here to, to evaluate other internal options other than the, you know, 12 or 13 that you've given a chance so far. Yeah. I feel like we should put like a poll or two up, like just, just to gauge what other people are thinking about how much they like, would they like to see Lysel? Like, what's the reason? Like, what reason would you want to see Eli sell up? Like there's so like, there's, I feel like there a bunch of the fans that watch probably are, are having the same conversations, right, Brian? Like they're probably thinking, what does it hurt to like, to throw yeah. Lysel in there? I also have talked to a, a good chunk of people who, when they talk to me about Beecher, they're confused, like why he's not with the team. So like, I'd also maybe think we should put a poll up about like, what are people's thoughts on Beecher? Like, if he is like, do you like him better than Bolquist? Should he be um, coming back up? Is he someone that the Bruins will need to have in their lineup come playoffs? Like, I feel like I've heard um, from from a few different people, like, hey, what's going on with Beecher? Yeah, I, I think maybe something along the lines of should the Bruins, should the Bruins, uh, you know, test some internal options before the before the trade deadline, you know, i.e. Lysel, Merkulov, Beecher, et cetera. Um, that's a good idea, Bridget. Maybe we can – Scott, as we know, Scott is the wordsmith on, on this panel, so maybe he can uh, he can craft something up. Um, but, yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with this team. I definitely uh, – yeah, I think the other thing, too, is it's not like the Bruins have an AHL team with a bunch of journeymen where it's like – no, no disrespect to uh, Richard, who they just called up, but like you kind of know he's not a he's the reason we talk about it is be, is because Lysel, Merkulov, guys like that, Beecher, they're guys with promise, um, and like 
NHL promise. And, 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 and so that's kind of why it's like, let's just, you know, let's, let's see. So um, well, I will say I was not expecting Parker Weatherspoon to make as big of an impact as he has. That's like, that's, that's the name that I would have, you would have put him up there and I would be like, he's going to be gone next week, but he hasn't, and he's deserved his spot. So that's true. Surprise. That is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the position he's being asked to play is, is a, uh, a third, a third D pair shutdown guy is kind of an easier role for a journeyman to fill. Um, but you're right. I mean, that, t- to your point, like you, you never, you don't want to like totally turn somebody away. I'm just saying like, what I'm saying is we wouldn't be beat, beating this drum if it was like of like Lysel, Merkulov, Beecher, if like they weren't like projected NHLers that like could help a, a, a solve a, a current void in the Bruins roster potentially. Um, and not to belabor this conversation, I didn't want to circle back, Bridget, to your to your opening shift on on Matt Grizzlick. Um, kind of his kind of his season, like in a microcosm, just a, a season of like didn't mean to do it, but it still was a, a a five in a game according to the rules, and you know just kind of the the icing on the cake of a season for Grizzlick so far that has been kind of forgettable for him. Yeah, it, it it has. It's definitely been inconsistent, um, to say the least. But also, I also thought he had some really good games before the break, and I thought he was really good against Vancouver on Thursday. Like that Grizzly McAvoy pairing looked like vintage Grizzly McAvoy, and that's where this gets tough because again, you're trying to evaluate everything leading up to the deadline and figure out exactly what you have and, and where you need to make upgrades. And Grizzly will still give you a game like that where you're like, oh, okay, if we see that more consistently, this did like, this is the Grizzly, you know, we expect, and, and that guy can, can play for us. And maybe we don't need, you know, to try to upgrade that spot. And I'm going to take Saturday out of like the whole team started like crap. So I'm not going to single anyone out. And then, he makes a mistake and gets ejected. Like it is what it is, but you see some of the off games he has where he's not making as much of an impact. Uh, and you're like, uh, geez, like that's still happening a little too often. I don't know if I can trust Grizzly down the stretch. So it does. I don't know if he's necessarily playing for a roster spot, although he, that could be the case as well. Like the Bruins do have to move salary out to make pretty much any trade. So If you're talking about adding someone, you do have to also talk about who you're subtracting. Um, It's a tough evaluation. Like it it does feel like Grizzly needs to sort of put together a consistent run here in these weeks leading up to the trade deadline in order to, you know, if he's going to most of the season, he's been paired with Charlie McAvoy. If that's where he's going to be down the stretch and into the playoffs, I think he still needs to kind of show that he deserves that. And, and you do that by consistently playing well. And that's, it certainly has been a challenge for him this year. Yeah. And when we do have our conversations about where the salary needs to move out in order to bring in someone. And we, when we talk about, Oh, you know, adding a Noah Hannafin or, um, you know, adding a defenseman in some capacity, um, you're also talking about, probably needing to move a defenseman to coincide with it. I mean, obviously you want as much depth as possible, but just numbers wise, it doesn't, it doesn't really work with the cap. So um, yeah, someone is more than likely going to be the odd man out back there. 
um, come the week of the trade deadline. And is it Grizzlick that that's a name that, and for whatever reason, it, it seems to always be Grizzlick is who fans are, are calling in to, you know, say Sunday skate come trade deadline. Oh yeah. We need to move Grizzlick. Um, it's usually Grizzlick Forbert are the two guys that you hear move them, like get, get them, get them off the salary cap and bring someone else in. That's an upgrade. Yeah. But I also think like Bruins fans probably see that Grizzlick has value, right? And and maybe that's why he's such a popular guy to 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 float out there because the because like who like I mean somebody people do could want a forward, right? But like Grizzly Grizzly is a good when he's on his game, he's an effective defenseman, obviously. There's just certain questions that Bruins yeah. fans have about him, and that's fair, you know. I think that you're right. That's why he's polarizing because like he has enough value to trade but he doesn't necessarily play to what they need him to play next to McAvoy or like, it's so much right on the borderline of like pros and cons that you get the debate over Grizzlick a lot. Mm. Well, in this season, I don't know if he even does have trade value. Like if we're, for being honest about it, I mean, $3.68 million cap hit inconsistent season pending unrestricted free agent yeah, like, that's the part that's, that's good. yeah like that that's a very small market of like what team would would be interested in, in trading for him it's it's not going to be a rebuilding team unless there's an extension in place or something so i think the answer to that question is it's somebody who's taking his contract in some sort of a deal that you maybe even need to give up a little bit more or like one of those deals where so say Craig Smith, the Bruins needed to get him off last year. And it was part of the deal like, okay, well, we'll take him. Otherwise, you can't. we can't make this other move. So um could be one of those again where part of it is, isn't necessarily that they're like, oh, we really want him. But like the Bruins aren't willing to or it's not possible for them to make the coinciding move without yeah. that being part yeah. of it. And, and then you're you're paying extra because now yeah, you're because then you're giving up an extra draft pick right mm-hmm. now now you're paying the price for the defenseman you're adding and then you're also throwing in something for them to take on Grizzly so it, it it gets expensive and we know the Bruins don't have a ton of resources which is why this whole next month you know less than a month now is going to be a real challenge for Don Sweeney one one final Bruins thing I wanted to discuss quickly is just what's the one thing that we kind of collectively as a fan base mentioned that maybe could have been a reason why the Bruins fell apart last year in the playoffs, something that going forward in this year, maybe we hope that they could, uh, they could learn from and, and go through. And if you guys don't have the answer to, off the top of your head, based off of that cryptic uh, lead in by me, I'll just, I'll just say it to in the essence of timing, which is adversity, right? Like I think that last year, like people, people were like, well, you know, they, they had it too easy, right? They, they had it too easy. They, they, then they felt the pressure of, of their historic season and, and, and the outside noise. And they need to go through more adversity this year, right? It'll make them a tougher team and a better team for it. So if that's the case, we all can't sit here now and, and uh, I guess for lack of a better term, bitch about like what, what we're seeing right now, because we, this is what we wanted, right? We didn't want them to have a cakewalk of a season. I do think while we're talking about specific areas today that we think that they can improve in general, 
this is adversity. This is what adversity looks like. Um, having us having a seven game home stretch where if they don't pick things up here, there could be other boo birds on the horizon. We saw them go through adversity, as I said, in um, November and December, and, and they came out better for it. They were playing the best hockey of, of the season heading into the all-star break. So yes, this team isn't perfect and they never will be. And they won't ever have the roster on paper that they had last year. But you know who else didn't have that paper on, uh, roster on paper last year it was Florida, and they beat the Bruins last year. So there's other ways to, again, so this is what my opening take was, is this Bruins team tough enough? I don't need them to be an all-star team on paper. I need them to be um, engaged at all times. When a going gets tough, get going. When things aren't going your way, find a way to get to get back to your game and outwork the players around you. And I think that hopefully stretches like this will benefit them and make them that team because that's what makes you successful in the playoffs. So I just want to kind of bring some perspective to myself, you guys, and everybody. Like, this is kind of what we wanted. We, we wanted this. We weren't having podcasts last year about, about this. Every episode last year was, all right, Bruins win 6-2, pasta, four goals. <laughs> like, it was, it was kind of a little bit monotonous. This is kind of what I think helps make them a better group as long as they, they learn from it. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, and we, we knew this was going to happen. Like we said before the All-Star break, I think, I don't know if it was our, or maybe during the break, like I don't know if it was the mailbag. Someone asked us, you know, have they gone through enough? Will they go through more before the playoffs? And it was like, yeah, they're going to go through more. Like they're not going to cruise through the final two months um, without hitting, you know, some speed bumps. And here's one, you know, right out of the all-star break, two out of three games, you've laid a dud and heard booze from your home crowd. And you know, it might linger even more than this. It might be more than two games. It might be, this might stretch on into four or five games, but I do think they'll eventually pull out of it because we've seen them do it already this year. I, I think they are a good team. I think they're too good to, you know, suddenly they're going to like lay multiple duds a week. Like that's not going to happen. So yeah, they'll pull out of it and that'll be another you know, check in the adversity box that you can look back on and say, okay, they went through it. And guess what? It'll probably happen again. There'll probably be a stretch in March where they go three or four games playing like crap. And then they'll have to pull themselves out of it and, you know, two, three weeks before the playoffs. So um, it it can be good as long as you pull yourself out of it. And if they do, then we'll probably look back on this and, you know, realize, oh, maybe people, you know, were panicking a little too much, but um no certainly in in the moment though like yeah you you have to actually see that before you you know because you you don't want to give them a pass either like right like you don't just want to say 
oh, they'll pull out of it. It's fine. No, because it, it takes work to pull out of it. So you want to see them actually do that work before you, you know, give them any credit for, for it. And I think it's good that the next game is Tampa Bay. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, they're an imperfect team, but they're also, you know, in your own division, they're, they're a team that you have history with. It seems like the right kind it'd be worse if it went from that ugly loss to now you're playing San Jose. Right. <laughs> it's better that you bounce, that you have a chance to like bounce back against a team that isn't terrible. Uh, and you know, there's some bad blood against like it, you could be a playoff matchup. So that's, that's mm-hmm. better. Yeah. That's not not only, not only isn't terrible, but it's actually been quite good recently. And, I remember it wasn't that it was maybe what a month ago where we were like, wow, Tampa's in real trouble. They might miss the playoffs. Yeah. Now they're either passing or on the verge of passing Toronto for third in the division. Like now they're, mm. they're even pulling out of like the wild card conversation where it's like, they might end up in that two, three matchup in the, in the division. Yeah. And, and the Bruins have a, we talked about it um, a couple weeks back, but their second half schedules, it's the second hardest, second hardest strength of schedule in the, in the, in the NHL. Um, so if the Bruins don't show up, I'm sure their opponents will make them pay for it. Um, I'm still holding, you guys ever see the second Mighty Ducks movie when they, when, when their team USA in the Olympics and the, after the second period, they, they ditch the USA Hendricks jerseys and come out in the Mighty Ducks jerseys. I'm still waiting for that to happen with the Bruins with this this year's uh millennial uh what's it called gold gold golden centennial. anniversary centennial, centennial. yeah <laughs> I, I, I'm like I'm waiting for, they are millennial jerseys I, actually they're what's what's the what's the generation now Gen Z they're Gen Z jerseys I don't like them um <laughs> but I'm still waiting I'm holding out hope for the Bruins to just randomly ditch them and come out with the uh any of the jerseys they wore in the pre- previous hundred years I don't care That's just get, I I can't. I can't, I can't handle them. I'm. So, that's that's the one thing I'm. I'm excited for about hockey season this year is I don't have to watch those jerseys ever again in my entire life. And 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 for every person that that buys them, every one of those Centennial jerseys I see in the stands, you're just enabling them. You're just get those godforsaken jerseys off my Bruins. I can't stand them. All right. Anyway, um. Hey guys, any any favorite Super Bowl snacks for you guys this year? What do you think? What you go to? I was, I was just, I was just thinking, if you hear someone call in uh, to Sunday Skate and you hear them say exactly what that was, you know who it is. Um, my <laughs> it favorite. Will, it'll be in a disguised voice, though. I'll get. You won't be able to tell. <laughs> yeah. <me. laughs> we'll still know. Um, my favorite Super Bowl snack. I don't know. Can you call it a snack? Like I like buffalo wings. Is that that's like somewhere between an app and a dinner, and it's good. I don't know. That's that's my go-to. Yeah, like that. That's gonna be your. There's no real dinner at a Super Bowl party, but like that's gonna be your your main course, right? Like mm. I'm, I'm gonna throw down like seven, eight wings over the course of the evening, maybe even more than that. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm I'm we're gonna have chicken where I'm going. I'm bringing mac and cheese. That's always that's always a good one. So, um, you making it a little craft or Annie's? What do you I'm, yeah, so I'm I'm actually so I'm going to my parents' house after we finish recording. And uh, mm. it's my mom's recipe, so I I, I help. But uh, <laughs> you help, I bring. I'm, I'm not by, by saying he's bringing. I'm not. I'm not an expert chef, so uh, I can't. I can't take credit. For he's it. bringing mac and cheese yeah. means his mom is making mac and cheese, and he's putting in a casserole dish and driving right. it to wherever he's going. <laughs> exactly. And then yeah. and that's and then saying he made it. Yep. 
That's okay. No, it's no, my 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 friends know better. If 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 it's delicious, they know I didn't make it. So. Yeah, that's true. I can't I can't trick anyone. Couple couple good ones that come to my mind. There's last year, uh, someone made chicken parm sliders. Very very good. Um, pulled pork sliders. I feel like are always a good one. Guys, I'm hungry again now. Okay. So maybe maybe uh, someone's someone's made a, a a pepperoni pizza dip before. That was pretty bomb. Uh, yeah, any any really sort of dip steak. is good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, get good buffalo chicken dip. That's that's a favorite. I've any, done that before, but any any I I know this is gonna drop when after the Super Bowl. But any any predictions? Who do, who do you think is gonna win? Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, tra- Travis Travis Kelsey already won uh, months ago. Yeah, he did. <laughs> or who do you want to win? Who do you want to win? I'm, I'm, I hope the 49ers win. People listen to this after the fact. I hope they won. Um, mm. I, as a Patriots fan, I need to believe that you can win without a, a Hall of Fame all-time great quarterback because it's very hard to find those. And obviously, we had one forever with Brady. And but he also was drafted. Beat him. They're both drafted very late. Well, not well. Mahomes was what nine? No, no. Brady and Purdy. Oh. Yeah, well, that that that's what like I want to believe that you can win with someone like Brock Purdy, who's good, not great. Well, especially because it's it's a fascinating matchup because clearly the Chiefs have the best player in 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 the game. Um, though I will say, I mean, I mean, Christian Christian McCaffrey is like he's again like he's not too far off of being the best player in the game. But I'd say the forty the 49ers on paper have. Uh, you know they have the better team overall in in in, in the defense when they play well. So if 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 the Chiefs win, it it really is like yeah, because you have Mahomes and a couple of supporting cast members. It's kind of like well, not not too dissimilar from like some of the Patriots Super Bowls at the end there, like against you know. Well, yeah, and that's that's the other part is if the Chiefs win, then they're like Mahomes is officially on track to to make a real run at Brady. Like he'll he'll have three, he'll be on his way, and that's gonna. It's gonna be a real conversation, and I I don't want that to happen. I want really because I, I like Mahomes. Brady and, to stay way ahead. I like Mahomes, and you want to know what Tom Brady was great, and it's fine. There can be other good quarterbacks too. Like there there can be other good quarterbacks. But can there be uh, other can there be other goats though? Right, There's like I, I don't vote. I don't want Brady's you know reign as goat to last like fifteen years, and then Mahomes passes. Yeah. I, you know, I you know what's you know, ahead of yourself with that one. You know what's underrated about Brady is that in his final his, his final Super Bowl run on the road, he beat Breeze, um, Rogers on the road to get even get to the Super Bowl, and then also, um, uh, yeah, Mahomes too. Oh, Brian, you Brian, Brian muted himself. Time time down the podcast. We're... Head to head, <laughs> always had the the advantage. He'll always have that over Mahomes. Um, and I don't want to take too much away from uh, from 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 six rings and football things, but I will say like it's pretty evident, I think, to everybody watching when you look at Belichick's record without Brady that like the Patriot way was mostly the Brady way, and he was to you know he he deserves a lot most of the credit I think for their success, and Belichick was a you know bit of a to the media. That that said, what do you, do you guys feel like uh, RKK has been a little bit of a little bit of a smear campaign on 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 Bill. I don't know if he deserves that. Uh, there, there definitely has been. That's not that's, that's not right. I don't like that at all. I'll be honest about that. 
It all that, fell apart in a very awkward, like terrible breakup kind of way. It was like it's like when you're dating someone, you're like, we're never gonna have that kind of breakup. It's not, you know, it's gonna be you know, we respect each other too much, and then and then it happens, and then they're like, they fucking hate. It always like, yeah, it. it's it always happens. Like it, it's almost inevitable, and it it shouldn't, but it's like Bruins fire Cassidy, and and Don Sweeney's message publicly is you know, Cassidy's a great coach, and we really like him and it's not personal and whatever. But like, then you get the little leaks about like, he was too hard on players and he lost, lost the room and like, whatever. And it, you know, having the Red Sox and Terry Francona, it's like, it, it shouldn't happen. Like these coaches that are among the best in your franchise's history, like that there should be a way to just let it end peacefully. And like, everyone just goes their separate way, but there, there's always something. You want to know why sports are, more like politics than we care to admit sometimes because I've seen oh, some yeah. behind the scenes stuff where X, you know, where coach will call a reporter. I'm this, this isn't Bruins, but like I've seen it, I've seen it happen where a coach has called a reporter that I knew. And then 10 minutes later, the manager called the reporter that I knew and they were both telling the other one, giving him information about, their sides of the story on deep background, not to be quoted, but like throwing the other one under the bus so that, Oh, just so you know, if, if you see this come, like this is what's actually going on. Like yeah. it is extreme politics behind the scenes. Uh, and that's why that happens. Cause you got Belichick's guys, which are certain reporters, you got crafts people, you've got everybody and everybody, you know, has an angle and they will call and they will use, they will use the media to to give certain perspectives on things like if if they can convince that person that that, that was really what was going on and and, and it's a, it can be a disaster you know, and and you know there's a there's a no shortage of egos amongst those guys but i saw i saw a a picture recently like this past weekend of um brady belichick and Kraft all like looking at each other smiling um, while holding the lombardi trophy after the seahawks win and it's crazy because it's like then they had two other wins after that, and um, it's like it's it's interesting. Like here in Boston, the there was never a shortage of storylines. Like it's like we don't. I, I I like to think that people recognize what we, what we had when we had it, but now that it's all gone, it's like whole. It's like looking at the three of those guys in the same picture. It's like wow, like there. No wonder there were storylines every day. Like there was there was so much ego there and so many different, like uh, whatever, but it, it's now that, now that they're all gone, well, craft is still here, but it's just like, I don't know. What's, what's that phrase? The, the, um, the, sum of the parts is greater or whatever that phrase is like, like those guys are finding out that, um, you know, they were just all greater together. I mean, obviously Brady had success elsewhere, but for Belichick and craft, it's like, I don't know. Their egos are, they, maybe they shouldn't be so inflated because the guy that was throwing the ball was, was a big reason for it. But, I just yeah, find the Brady, craft stuff interesting. Brady, Brady's the one who could just flip everyone the finger if he wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 too class. Like they'll they'll all be together smiling again because eventually yeah. they'll they'll all get over whatever personal grudges they held at the end, and you know, mm-hmm. and they'll you'll just be able to celebrate. You'll you'll celebrate those twenty years. But we're not uh, there now. We're not there yet. <laughs> no, but that they're get like. There's the the Brady Day coming up this year. Was that in June? Yeah, they're retiring his number and all that. So I mean, Bel Belichick is like he, he's 
he wasn't when when he drafted Garoppolo like in theory as a guy who's supposed to think long term about his team like he wasn't wrong to like potentially get the next guy and then Brady wasn't wrong for being insulted and Kraft was in the middle and then that's and then they go and win three more titles but it's like it's just an absolute uh I don't know we we had we had it made um I've said it before like it's not just like Boston it's not just all the championships that like Boston's won and could have won in the last 20 years but, like there were so many all the stories like along the way it's just it, it's exactly why Boston was the you know the, the best sports city in America in my opinion there was so much so much drama between the lines it's well now it's all gone not that's mm-hmm. not true the Celtics have a chance the Bruins have a chance this year yep I was going to say, not the Red Sox, but yes, um, the Bruins and the Celtics could make for a fun spring. Um, we've, yeah, we've they got to keep, you know how like, we always did with EI, but other places obviously did too. Like after the most recent championship, you have that graphic with all the banners of championships won since 2001. Still, still just one for the Bruins, one for the Celtics on there. Like they're, it's time, time yeah. for them to, time, time for both of them to, to yeah, you know, Patriots and Red Sox did their part. They mm-hmm. did, and and um, I don't think the Red Sox are going to be doing shit from now on, though. No, so. not not this year. That's for sure. No, not not this year, Scott. Not in the next ten years. Not ever, probably. I don't trust them at all. Theo's going to save us. So the so between the four teams, right? And I know I know uh, Tony Maserati wrote that book, like something about uh, it, it was about the twenty years of dominance in in, in Boston. And so the Patriots, uh, so so the Red Sox have been the four World Series since 2000, or well, 2000, 2004, but I think the book was dating back to like 2000. So the Patriots had been the four, uh, the Red Sox have been the four World Series and they won four. So that's four titles and four chances. The Patriots won six Super Bowls on nine appearances. So that's that's 10 titles in how many, how many championship runs? Uh, uh, 15. 10 and 15, 13, 10. And, yeah. 10 and 13. So 10 titles, 13 chances. Uh, the Bruins win one Stanley cup. So that's 11 titles in 14 chances. And then the two finals. So that's 16 chances. So it's 11 and 16. And then the Celtics, same thing. They've been the three and one, one. So uh, the, the Bruins, my point is the Bruins and Celtics collectively have left four championships up there. Um, and then the Patriots three. So that's, so that's seven titles that, that could have been one too. And obviously when the Patriots win six, you can't be too hard on them. So the Bruins and the Celtics definitely kind of, uh, their finals appearance winning percentage, you know, also hindered that, that, that grand yeah. total. And, and like, to tie it back to most recent iteration of Bruins, like great teams that didn't even get to the championship. Like last yeah. year, if you wanted, like you could call that a championship left on the table based on how good they were in the regular season and, you know, didn't even actually get to the finals. Um, even the Celtics last year, like last year's Celtics team should have been in the NBA finals and they, they lose to Miami. I feel like, I feel like any listeners that are driving their car right now, are just like drooling, listening to me, try to <laughs> do that math on the plot. <laughs> They're like, what is this kid on right now? I was going to say sports media people, not who you want to go to for math. No, nope. <laughs> nope. Oh, definitely boy. don't ask me. Did you notice I didn't chime in at all? I was like, you got this, Brian. Um, hey, I, listen, I went to BU's College of Communications, Com, C-O-M, College <laughs> of Optional Math. <laughs> I love that. Ultimately, I think it was what? It's 
12 titles and 19 appearances, championship appearances, something like that. That's that's almost one a year. That's crazy from 20, 2000 to 2020 when the book was written. Um, anyway, well, we had to veer off a little bit in honor of the Super Bowl Sunday. We had to. Um, but thank you all By for the way, listening. one last tiny piece of news before we log off. This literally just dropped. Matt Grizzly nice. finds five. Matt Grizzlick fined five thousand dollars, maximum allowable for spearing Pacioretty. So we no, no suspension, get, nor nor should there have been. We never get breaking news in the pod. If we didn't talk football for ten <laughs> minutes, we would have not had to the, the chance to say that. Right. Yeah, it's know? always coach gets fired ten minutes after we <laughs> finish recording or something like that. We've but. had the worst luck over the last couple of years mm-hmm. with like news dropping right after. Um, yep. But in any event, this also gives me us another chance quickly before we sign off. Once again, Scott, you want to plug the um, the Sunday skate for listeners? Yeah, Sunday skate back this coming Sunday, uh, February eighteenth. Me, Bridget, Andrew Raycroft. That, yeah, that's, that's it. Two two hours. Last year we were one hour almost every week. This this year we're going to be two pretty much every week. So with a bonus host. So. That, that's Brian. why we had to go to two. They were like, and, and Brian in the car. They're like, Bridget talks enough that we can do a whole nother hour. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, off. listen, me and Razor, like our, our pay by the word can't go down. So, you know, we, we need more more time because, but yeah, Bridget will be in there taking uh, taking up air, air time. And, I, and Yeah, I talk a lot. Let's just, I mean, I get paid to talk though. So that's probably why. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll be listening. Hopefully everybody else is listening as well. And um, yeah, I think that wraps it up. So hopefully everybody enjoyed their enjoyed past tense, their Super Bowl Sunday when they listened to this and had a great weekend and have a wonderful work week. We will talk to you on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus